And we're live. Zero Cool Podcast. Welcome. A couple of things I want to go over before we get started. Number one, if you came out to Brothers last night for UFC 262, thank you for coming out. Uh, we had a great crew. I'm going to be posting those photos uh, over to the Patreon account, and I'll put those probably up on IG later tonight. Also, don't forget, it is still out there. The Jägermeister Behind the Shot Mix, uh, which was released a couple, let's see, about six weeks ago or so. That's still up and running. Be sure to go check it out. Uh, big shout to Chicago Nick. We had to bump him off today so that we could have carry on today. Um, but he'll be joining us next month. Uh, be sure to check out his gym, Shadow Personal Training, 2618 Halstead Avenue in Chicago, Illinois. Speaking of Chicago, your former place of uh, of living. Yeah. Um, number one, welcome. Hi. Thank you for thank you for coming on, Carrie. Yes. I'm glad this worked me. out. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad this worked out. It was uh, it was one of those things that we had discussed this the last time that you were in town. Yes. That I wanted to have you on, and it was one of those that you happened to be back, getting uh your vaccine shot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not to not to get into politics or anything like that, but yes, I was very happy I got my second vaccine shot. So. And so yeah, this this worked out perfectly that uh, you were here this week, and I was like, we gotta get you on. So Chicago Nick, uh, who was gonna come on and, and talk about um, fitness and tell some old stories, was was nice enough to be like, hey, you know, show some love for the doggos. And <laughs> sorry, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you know Chicago Nick. Yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll have to buy him a drink next time I'm in town. Yeah. He's up here. So he was. Uh, so he had said straight up. I, I told him what was going on. I was like, "Carrie's going to come on. She's going to talk about her organization. Uh, we're going to talk about the dogs, so on and so forth." And, mm-hmm. and it was great. Um, first off, for people that don't know you, can you yes. give a little bit of a background on yourself? Uh, yes. So I am born and raised here in Wisconsin. Um, I let's see. I went to school for being a counselor therapist and that's where you gave me the nice little nickname dr carrie (laughs) (laughs) followed me around for a long time uh and then i um kind of just burnt out it was a really difficult field as anybody would know in that field you know being a therapist it was it was a lot of work and I often felt like I just wasn't ever able to um, at the end of the day meet my meet my goal when it wasn't necessarily about my goal or the patient's goal it's just I just didn't think I was you know doing it all the time mm-hmm. and uh, my specialty was in the addiction field and um, with mental health so I burned out a bit, and I ended up moving to Chicago, lived down there for a few years, enjoyed it. It was a really nice getaway, mm-hmm. and then I decided to go on vacation to Indonesia, mm-hmm. to Bali, and um, and now we have <laughs> what we're talking about today. <laughs> so I gotta, I gotta. So when I tell this story, I, I tell people, I was like, it's crazy. Because I was like, at the time, I think we were both on Snapchat at the time. No, I am not on Snapchat. Was it, maybe it was I have Instagram. no idea even how to do Snapchat. I'm just going to be honest. There was, there was videos <laughs> I was getting where I was like, oh, you know, Carrie's enjoying her vacation, so yeah. on and so forth. And it's the first couple of days, and it's you enjoying yourself. And then day three or four, it's you on the side of the road with a bunch of dogs and yeah. finding them, so on and so forth. And well, then... yeah, yeah, it was, I mean, so it, 
I ha- I didn't know what to expect. I wanted to go to Bali because it was someplace that somebody I knew lived, and I saw these pictures and videos, and I just really thought it was beautiful. And I took the chance of going there by myself. Um, it you know it, it's a little nerve wracking to go all the way around the world and, and be on the other side and do a holiday by yourself. But you know everybody I met was absolutely amazing and I fell in love with the island Uh, I just knew within a few days I was going to end up living there I didn't know it was going to become what I'm doing today but I knew I was going to live there and there's a lot of there's a lot of things that just draw you to it Mm -hmm. Um, but when I decided to to move it you know I packed up my apartment in Chicago and begged you <laughs> <laughs> begged you to take um, my baby girl my dog who's she's she's right around here right now by the way uh, yeah. side note you will hear her throughout the podcast oh, she likes okay. to do laps up and down the stairs oh okay <laughs> so you hear this <laughs> Zoomy? yeah she'll just run in here and she'll yeah. sound like she's out of breath she does it a couple of times an episode it's it's pretty funny, but well, well, you'll you'll hear her stomping around. So she, you know, you graciously accepted my begging, <laughs> please, because she didn't like anybody. She does not like people, and we knew that she wasn't going to go to anybody else. We knew <laughs> she was going to go to you, and that was it. And um, that was a really hard uh, decision on my part, but. I am so grateful to you every day for that because it allowed me to kind of, you know, pursue a dream of mine and know that she was going to be in the best hands possible. So if anybody knows Parker, they know Ozzy. Uh, Ozzy was my little baby girl for years. Formerly known as As Precious. Precious, Missy, baby girl, whatever she yeah. may have been called. Yes. She, she has a couple of nicknames around here, too. Yeah. Uh, lately, I've been calling her Mullet Butt. She's fluffy as hell. So during the winter, I think I think I stopped cutting her hair in October. Um, I wanted to see if I could grow her hair all the way out like the rest of the Pekingese. Yeah, yeah. She is, she is a pure breed Pekingese. When I got her, um, somebody wasn't treating her right and i guess you could say she probably was my first rescue um that was here in milwaukee somebody wasn't treating her right and i wasn't okay with it and i just said i want her and went round and round a bit and ended up getting her and uh she wasn't very nice with a lot of people at first. <laughs> she's still not. <laughs> yeah, you know, she's, you know, some people like her. She came with the name Precious. I didn't feel like I could change it, mm-hmm. you know, because I felt that it was rude to her. But she, a lot of people call her Vicious instead of Precious. And <laughs> I mean, she just has a personality. So I don't know. I, I felt like she was just meant to be mine. And I hated knowing that she was locked in a bathroom in somebody's house for mm-hmm. a long time, you know, hours and hours and hours on end. And I wanted her out of that situation. So I got her. And so I guess she was my first rescue. And, yeah. you know. and, and so far, I mean, we've been great. Uh, she, oh, there she is. So she has a, this is always her. So she has a bed. 
under the desk yes. here and she'll find like a spot that's like like she'll either find like a a dirty pair of jeans or a t-shirt yeah. that's on the ground she'll be like oh this is my spot now and this i'm like great. i'm like what are you do? you have like four beds throughout this house she don't care yeah and she's just like it's <laughs> like if i fits i sits yeah i think she care. knows that we're talking about her because she's she's hanging out mm-hmm. right next to us but um i just want to tell everybody that parker's done such an amazing job with her like it it's you know parker a couple years ago we all know parker you know just big tough ass parker (laughs) um but you know i think having ozzy has um softened his heart a bit if anybody knows him they i think they can attest to that but she's she's amazingly healthy and she's in her teens and i owe that to you because you've done so amazing with her i uh i joke because of the fact that like i said she'll get the zoomies and she'll run around the house and stuff like that but people will come up to me on a regular basis they're like oh she looks like a puppy like how old is she i'm like well listen she's a lady yeah i was like i tell everyone she's six but she's 15 (laughs) she doesn't reveal her real age I was like, and thankfully she she doesn't have any of her mature hairs at all. So no, no, but, uh, it blends no, in with the white, yeah. so it's fine. But uh, yeah, that's the only compliment I get about her a lot is that she's got really great markings, she's got great hair, and everyone yeah. everyone loves her. Um, she has chilled out a ton. Where like when we go past other dogs, like I think she figured out like my dad's two hundred and twenty pounds. Like I think. <laughs> I think he can handle it because she, she doesn't like go after other dogs anymore. Remember when she when I used to live over here. Um, so I, I used to live a block away from Parker over here. And she I was out one night on a walk with her and she went after a police horse. Yeah. She like tried ankle biting the police horse. <laughs> and I just was like, oh, she, like this is so embarrassing. And she was like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you can't, you can't go after a horse. And I mean, the, the horse had, you know, absolutely no shits to give about it. The calf was like, whatever. But, you know, there she was. I mean, she was going. Like, she really wanted the ankles. And I was like, you can't. Like, you can't. You just can't do that. <laughs> but yeah, no, she's. She has chilled out a lot. Yeah, she's uh, she's she's figured it out. She's the lover. I'm the fighter. So now she just goes up to everyone. It's just like hi, and I just give people a warning because she's got that mouth sensitivity. Mm-hmm. I'm like, don't go under her chin. Like, show her yep. your hands. Yep. Go above. And it's one of those that's like once I kind of figured out like how, where her comfort zone was, it it kind of made it easier with her being able to be around other animals, be around yeah. other people, so on and so forth. Where like I'd be like, hey, she's gonna bite you, and then I figured out I was like, oh, I was like, don't go under her chin. Like that's right. That's the most natural right. thing for most people is go under the chin. I'm like, no, show her your hands. I don't want anybody going under my chin. So <laughs> I mean, if somebody came to pet me under my chin, I probably would bite them too. So I don't know why you would do that to a dog unless if they really said, you know, gave you the hint of come, come here, you know, pet me here. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you just reach out and, you know pat me under my chin i wouldn't be happy about it either um i'm gonna transition a little bit number one no offense we love you but we're gonna transition a little bit so there's a number of questions um that that we're gonna get into um number one let's start out with outside of the location of where you live now drawing you in what was it about how the people are there, how the animals are there mm-hmm. that made you 
kind of transition into this. I'm the dog mother. I'm rescuing dogs. Yeah. The, the mother of dogs, sure. if you will. Well, when I first moved to Bali, I didn't really know what I was going to be doing. I honestly didn't. I had no idea. Um, I did some trans like transcription work online. Um, and it wasn't anything major. You know, I had savings. Um, you know, I put my belongings in storage for first signed up for six months. I wasn't really intending on doing this long-term, you know, haul. And mm-hmm. I just started to acclimate myself more with the island. And, uh, yeah, just the culture itself. So the Balinese culture is uh, kind of this blend, but it's a mixture, like, overall Hindu. Um, but it's Balinese Hindu. Uh, Indonesia itself is the largest Muslim country in the world. But Bali is this own little island that has its own spirituality and religion. Um, it's like no other, you know, throughout Indonesia. It's There's nothing that compares to it. And it's it's fairly... I it's just it's it's amazing to see that how many people still hold this religion so high the ceremonies that they do the uh the songs the music um you know we get mad if something you know a roadblock here gets shut down they're you know they don't care they'll shut down the road to do you know a ceremony a procession you know and to have a maybe a funeral or you know where they will do a cremation instead of a funeral in that sense uh, but it's just they they kind of don't care about any of that other stuff they don't care if you need to go down that road to get to wherever you need to go because you know their spirituality is what drives them uh, it's they have a tremendous amount of holidays i would be very ignorant to say that i can even understand any of them <laughs> so or really can tell you what they are uh, but it's, it's little by little learning and yeah it's it, it is overall a beautiful religion um every religion has its negatives though yeah and we know that and it's there's definitely some things there that i don't necessarily agree with but there's things that within any religion people don't agree with and it's not my place to say that's right or wrong um it's my place to know what my feelings are towards things that Mm -hmm. might be different and that's that's only my place do you grow perspective at all like like getting how the people think this way or does it open does does it challenge your thinking at all? Like when it comes to it does, you know. But I think some of my some of my ability to challenge thinking comes, you know, back from you know my education and kind of looking at different, you know, the paradigm shifts and you know, you know, either being you know constructive, you know, critical thinking, being able to really examine things. And when people say, you know, can you put yourself in somebody else's shoes? I mean, can you? Can you try to? see why somebody might do something that you maybe wouldn't it doesn't necessarily mean that you agree with it morally or ethically uh, but you know can you see that it's something that they might follow that's okay I you know I'm not here to be somebody's judge what I'm here to do is just know my feelings and my ethics and my values and stick to them 
Mm-hmm. So uh, there, though, the the religion overall um, is, you know, they, they want people to learn about it. They want people to understand it when they go there. Um, it's a beautiful island. It really is. There's some amazing views and amazing scenery, um, you know, but there's still things that are, I think, we're not used to in the Western world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some things include, you know, th- they have a huge environmental issue with uh, garbage. And it's not just from their island, it's from the other islands and beach cleanups, you know, are happening constantly. And, and that bit's sad, you know, because I think the Balinese want to, um, you know, maintain their island for what it is, but it's, it's difficult, you know, when you have a large tourism population and a lack of proper rubbish dumps and garbage dumps and your recycling plants and things like that so uh they are making progress and i hope that they continue to oh nice nice so let me ask you this with how their country is set up i mean you had said that there there's an issue with with getting rid of getting rid of all the garbage with the way i'm to understand how it works there like all the like for example to be able to own, own something in Indonesia, mm-hmm. you have to be Indonesian. Yes. So do they take the responsibility of handling that? Or is it just kind of having the government handle it? Uh, you know, the ins and outs of all that, I'm not 100% okay. sure. You know, but yeah, you cannot own property unless if you are Indonesian. You can own property for a short amount of time. Um, it's not like it's something... This And this is, again, this is my understanding of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that you... I believe the the length of it is 30 years. You can do what you want with that property in that 30 years, um, as long as it's within that building code. Um, But then, you know, after that, it needs to either be sold to somebody else or it's it's returned to, you know, whoever owned the property before that. I am not 100% sure about all that. There's quite some, you know, some some ins and outs of legalities. I don't know. I myself haven't looked into purchasing anything, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna transition again. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna try and move into talking about Act Now. Yes. So tell me a little bit on how this got started and how you and Ebony came to this yeah. partnership with one another. Yeah. So while I was just you know moving around Bali doing whatever I you know wanted to and just kind of experiencing uh, life outside of America for that long. I ended up uh, rescuing a, a couple dogs, mm-hmm. uh, helped out. I fundraised to get some dogs in the village that I lived in, some vaccinations. And um, I answered a call for help to foster a puppy that was found, this tiny little nugget thing. She had a huge hernia and um she had horrible scabies she gave me scabies it was ridiculous and like she did the canine scabies oh just oh she was a scratching mess um and this other organization uh, was going to uh, take her in after we could find a, after they could find a foster for her so i volunteered said i can help out and that's how i met Ebony. So Ebony Owens, she's the the gal I do everything with. She, um, she was the manager of this organization, 
in Bali who had you know, a, hundred, a few hundred dogs at the time. Now I think they're pretty lower in the numbers, but uh, she was just somebody who was very well known there. Um, mm. So when her and I met up finally um, after me taking care of this little puppy, she, the words that came out of her mouth were very Australian, the cuss words, swear words, and everything. I was like, oh my God, you're amazing. <laughs> I was like, wow. I was like, I haven't heard anyone use the C word and not have anybody flinch. So I was like, yay. Um, <laughs> so I was like, you're going to be my best friend. And um, so <laughs> we got along really well after that. And I ended up helping with her photography and doing some ride-alongs with her while she was out rescuing and it we just clicked we just we really clicked on when she needed to jump out of the car because she's got this vision that's amazing she will see anything and everything crawling moving anything and you know she'll slam on the brakes jump out of the car and just you know her mind just goes straight to rescue so i would start to kind of take along and as she would do that i would grab you know the phone start recording grab the camera start taking pictures and she was already having a lot of that stuff done and doing videos and things but um i think it was a huge help when i you know met her that we could that it was just more or- organic i guess and fluid with what we were doing and uh just kind of really learned about what was happening there more because of her mm-hmm. Uh, she's a wealth of information and uh, you know I absolutely adore her as one of my closest friends in the world and her heart for the animals is massive and we she like I said she was with that organization and uh, I think she at the time lived in Bali for about eight years nine years oh so she's been there for a while yeah yeah uh she always she's had a background in animals and she's from australia um and when when we ended up leaving we had no intention of leaving that you know organization she had no intention of it but we weren't too fond of some things that were going behind going on behind the scenes and ethically and again when you get back to those ethics and that's what you can only be responsible for is your own ethics and morals and values and and that's where I drew the line with some things. And I felt really bad, you know, for Ebony because she really gave her heart and soul to that organization for a long time. Uh, but we walked away and it was it was hard because she was a part of building the largest and at the time the only open air monkey sanctuary uh, in Bali. Uh, rescued I think at the time when when we did leave it was about 40 monkeys and oh wow yeah so it was you know it's um they they do get captured there and Mm. resold in markets um it's really actually quite sad because they the poachers will um kill the mother monkeys the mckays and they will take the babies and um what people don't realize is that these monkeys are never meant to be domesticated they're just not and they as no matter how much you think that monkey is domesticated it's it's not yeah you you get those random stories that you'll catch in the news where like a monkey like bit someone's face off or some stuff like that. yeah i you know there's there's certain areas in bali that you can go to and and feed 
you know monkeys like and it, it's in the wild mm-hmm. uh you know you can buy a bushel of bananas and go and uh but they tell you you know you don't show your teeth you don't smile you you know you don't um, show it because they take that as aggression and uh and they do mm-hmm. they do because that's their nature and uh you don't you don't pull back on things you know if you if they're if they're gonna take a pair of your sunglasses you let them take those sunglasses because you know the minute that they feel that you're fighting you know you have an entire tribe of monkeys then going after you and right now uh in bali there there is rabies so you you don't want to be bit by a monkey in case that monkey has. Oh yeah, that's like fifteen shots over like a couple of days. It's, it's like three, but oh, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> so going back to the the open air sanctuary, how yeah. did that come about? So, like, if there wasn't one there already, how how does Ebony come up with the idea that one was needed? Uh, it was after her and the, the founder from that organization you know, had a few rescues um, for monkeys. And the, as more tourism came in, you know, the more and more people went to these markets and was like, oh, I just rescued this monkey. And, you know, they were like, no, you bought that monkey. Um, <laughs> you know, now you want us to take that monkey. Uh, so it, you know, that some of that ended up happening. Uh, and it was... I don't, I don't know all the background behind why they ended up building that sanctuary, but it was quite an amazing place. Uh, you know, you they sterilized and vaccinated the monkeys mm-hmm. so that they, you know, wouldn't overbreed, I guess. And uh, introducing new babies to them, you know, she, Ebony was amazing with learning what everything she could about them and also gathering information from another or, organization in Indonesia called Jan. Um, they had quite, they still do, they have quite an amazing um, challenge against them for wildlife, you know, poaching and the wildlife trade and smuggling and everything. So uh, Jan, J-A-A-N, they um, also helped, you know, just just educate. And Ebony really learned what she, what she had to for for the monkeys. And you know, introducing the babies, you know, mm-hmm. you just don't throw a, throw this little baby monkey in, or even an adult. You don't put them into a group of monkeys. You just you don't because you have an alpha, and that is it. And it's usually female. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, <laughs> and you know, she, you know, and she makes that decision, and you kind of have these pods of families, and you know, you need to make sure that those babies are taken on as orphans to you know, new mama, and they're you know, cared for, and not going to be tossed aside or abandoned again. So it was, it's a huge process that she went through, and it was quite amazing. You know, making enrich, enrichment toys, um, making sure that they have the right, you know food and everything but still be able to get the right amount of exercise and live a carefree life without feeling you know without knowing that they're going to get poached or anything like that just not i'm gonna back up for a second what's a what's an enrichment toy an enrichment toy is something so you you might see them in sanctuaries um or you know even zoos or whatever uh Enrichment toys are something to occupy an animal with. Mm-hmm. So just like you would give your dog a rope toy mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe those like snuffle mats, like where they, you know, they can go look for treats down in the mat. Uh, 
other animals like that stuff too. So, you know, elephants, you know, like those big balls to kick them and things like that. Monkeys, you know, they like some toys, you know, some rope toys as well. You know, the tire swings, things to climb, move, um, barrels, you know, tied around, you know, that are, um, ropes might be through, you know, things like that. yeah. Yeah. So it's just things to occupy their minds. And, you know, a lot of animals want that they they actually do and so if they're going to be in a sanctuary you know situation being able to help them maintain their their intellectual level that that they have and monkeys Mm -hmm. are really smart and then so with introducing the orphans then is it one of those that one of the female monkeys then kind of assume the role of mother then or how does that work out yeah, not every one of them can. They, you know, it's, there's some that just, I mean, and I guess just like humans, you know, there's some that aren't really into having a baby around them, <laughs> 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 like on an airplane or something. So <laughs> on a 15 hour one, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, you know, so it's really knowing their personalities and knowing, you know, how they are and being able to identify that. And Ebony did a really good job with that. That's and, amazing. Yeah. And again, you know, it's there, there is, um, that other group in Indonesia who in Jakarta, they've stopped the, they now have a law passed there from them um to stop the dancing monkeys and you know we all kind of think they're cute and funny and you know laughable on tv shows or um you know if you're if you're on vacation that you see this monkey dressed up and they're doing little tricks you know but the thing is is that that monkey's life is absolutely horrible and uh so they they entered a law uh, to stop the dancing monkeys and there's always new reports but they're really making headway and that's um that's jan like i said j-a-a-n and they 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 really have a huge presence within the wildlife uh, or you know community there um there's there's a couple of things i want to bring up because when i explain people to you i explain to to them i was like you'll understand my friend carrie is a superhero i'm like she's rescuing dogs She's rescuing monkeys. Uh, she's kicking down doors in in volcano zones. Can can you tell? Because I've I've heard these stories, but right. I want people to be able to get a picture of what it's like for you. Um, can you talk about when there was a concern for the volcano eruption? Sure. Uh, okay. So, oh, it would have been a couple years ago now, like over three years ago, I think. Um, Mount Goon. Uh, is one of the largest volcano active volcanoes in the world. It decided to start acting up a bit, and she was getting a little angry. Uh, (laughs) It was years from the last time that she erupted, but it it was evident that something was going on. Now, again, the science that goes behind all that, I don't know. But what I did know at the time was they're evacuating and there was thousands upon thousands of people that were evacuating around that area but many people in Indonesia as you know a lot of Asian countries are like they ride those you know the the moped scooters uh, you know motorcycles well when you have your belongings with you maybe a couple of family members with you your dog isn't coming 
And so they were leaving their dogs behind. They were leaving the cats behind. Um, a lot of, a lot of li- livestock was left behind. But of course, my main focus was shit, the dogs. Yeah. Um, they were left there. And yeah, a lot of people didn't know when they could go back. Uh, you know, there were, there were like little camps that they could go to, little areas that, that they were able to kind of just camp out. And you, you, you couldn't take your animal with you. And, I, you know, not to get involved in, on any level with politics, you know, at all. It's, it's an unfortunate situation when you, when you have that, you know, but we see it here too. You, you know, we see hurricanes and um, flooding that, you know, when you go, you go. And, you know, it's, I'm not ever going to pass judgment on anybody who, you know, needs to make a quick decision when it comes to that. Um, especially when you literally have your whole life going with you on a scooter, yeah. you know, like it's, I, I don't know, but it's not, again, not my place to judge that. But what was my place was I wanted to get up there and help out as much as I could. So we were in the one kilometer area, which is, you know, the epicenter of, if it, ex- erupted you know i it would have been fast (laughs) Um, that's all i could hope for but (laughs) there was thousands of dogs up there and we also knew that we couldn't bring them all with us because indonesia has a massive stray and street and wild dog population yeah a lot of the dogs you could hear them off in the jungle Mm -hmm. but you couldn't see them uh, you knew that they were there, but you couldn't see them. They weren't going to come to you. It, it's it would be like trying to get a coyote, you know, to to come to you, <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know, jump on, you know, jump, you know, come on, let's go. Yeah, it's not going to happen. So what we were doing was street feeding up there and rescuing who we could. Uh, if there were dogs that already had maybe injuries that we knew, if the volcano happened to erupt that we we knew that they weren't going to be able to run to safety if there was pregnant ones ones locked in cages things like that you know that we you know knew that if something were to happen um you know a lot of times somebody from the village was still there um bless their hearts for for being that you know person who was still there while the rest of the village was gone uh, but we were able to work in teams and, you know, be spread out throughout the, throughout the volcano areas and, you know, try to help as many as we could. Um, some people came to us and said, please take my dogs while we are evacuated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are able to get them to safety and, you know, pretty much you know, have them with us and you know it was fine you know there's we were happy to mm-hmm. uh you know the owners were you know crying and tearful but they you know they knew that that was the only way that they were going to be able to get them to safety at the time so you had said that there's a large population of street dogs that, yes. are, that are in bali um now one of the things that that we've a lot or that you and i have talked about off air is the fact that you go out and you find these dogs and you help them can can you talk about that a bit well so to kind of you know to kind of introduce everyone right, to act to, for bali to to give everybody a bit of an idea of you know when when i talk about ebony and i you know at that last organization when we decided to leave we really didn't know what we were going to do 
we we were like all right we're gonna go this is it um again you know we had to stick with what our morals and ethics were Mm -hmm. and we needed to walk away and we had no intentions of getting back into dog rescue and you know and the, the level that we were but when you're in bali as most places in indonesia uh you know you're like there's a dog there's a dog there's one there and for some reason you just become a dog magnet i don't know if your eyes are open to it a little bit more or what but it's just yep you just go all right i gotta help that dog so within a couple of weeks we were like and here we go again we're already back at it so within a few weeks we already had um i think we were over 20 dogs we had our own personal dogs but then we had you know started rescuing and it just just because you leave one organization doesn't mean that it stops mm-hmm. you know the phone calls still come the the tags on facebook community pages still happen the you know the messages still occur and you can't say no a lot of times and because especially when you know that nobody else is going to be helping so and if you see a dog on the side of the road that's been hit and just left there or a dog that's hairless and you know struggling to live you know I don't know how people can can pass that. I can't. We can't. And we don't. So we ended up taking a little bit, but then we started Act for Bali Dogs, <laughs> so, so, which is what we are today. So with Act for Bali, um, some of the things that you guys do, like I, I thought this was kind of interesting that – and I, I don't know if I'm explaining this right. Um, so what you guys do is you go out, you find some, uh, you know, a number of strays. And to help control the population, you're spading and neutering them. Yes. But you have it to a level now where, um, is it the, the ear? Oh, so, okay. So it depends on... It, de- it depends on where we are and like what like where we are helping uh so in bali we we you know try to help as many locals as we can with you know their animals and and spay and neutering uh other other islands lombok is a is a fairly large island and they have a big stray dog um, issue as well but on that island, the dogs are just their beasts. Like their 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 strength is amazing. Um, the medicine that the vets give to you know, help them, you know, make them, you know, sleep during the the sterilization, pro, you know, procedure. It's they're it's nothing compared to some of the other dogs that we deal with. And but they're they're really strong, and so. Because of that, they're also very wild, and so they do a little cut in the ear so that if somebody sees them from afar, they know that they are already sterilized. Um, they try to focus a lot on female dogs, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we focus on both because, you know, it's being able to neuter a male can cut down on sexually transmitted diseases in the canine world. It can cut down on fights and, you know, having males coming to an area if a female's in heat. So it's not like living 
in an apartment building where, you know, you're not going to have a bunch of male dogs, you know, showing up outside the door, mm-hmm. but there you do. And it, you know, you don't want to draw that attention and you, you don't want to have the street fights because street fights then can mean that a dog is bit and, you know, and suddenly it has a open wound and now it's not being treated and it's not getting the antibiotics. Um, and suddenly it has, you know, it's been fly blown and, you know, has maggots and it just ends up being this big festering mess. And that's often where we come in because that is the type of dog that if we are out and we see on the street that yes, we will do everything we can to rescue that dog. Uh, it's often our biggest, our biggest dreading moment is being sent on a detour that, cause we know our streets, we know the streets mm-hmm. that we drive on and you go on a detour and you, all you can do is just be like, please don't let there be dogs on the street that need help. Please don't let there be dogs on the street that need help. And sure enough, there's a dog, there's a dog, you know, um, and you got, we help them, we do what we can, uh, whether it's being able to talk to their owners mm-hmm. and some, you know, if they have an owner, can we help them? If they don't have an owner, you know, can we catch them with a net? Do we have to call the dog catcher, uh, who, you know, hopefully is available so that we can catch them that way and bring them in and take them into the vet and nurse them back to health. So some of the work that you do is real rehabilitation for the dogs and getting them back up so once they're let's say for example you you find a dog that that's we'll say it was in a dog fight Mm -hmm. um you nurse it back to health you get its shots you get it neutered or spaded Mm -hmm. um what are you doing then uh we keep it until it's adopted oh so so once we started once we started act there was the mutual understanding that Ebony and I have is that we don't euthanize dogs just because they're aggressive or they are disabled or, you know, they're old or un- unadoptable. Mm-hmm. Uh, we keep them. I, you know, we don't care if the dog sits you know, in, in our house in the corner of the yard and, you know, barks at us. Do we know that it's happy? Probably because we catch it running around and, and playing with the other dogs. Mm-hmm. It may not like people and that's fine. I, we don't care. Does it like playing around with the other dogs and does it enjoy you know, knowing that it has a nice place to sleep and it gets, you know, two meals a day? Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's some of our best moments is when we catch on our CCTV or we catch you know out the window a dog that doesn't want to interact with us but is out there playing and goofing around and doing zoomies with the other dogs. We're like, <laughs> mm, we see you. Like, I know what you're doing. And then the minute you step out the door, they're just like, oh. <laughs> and bark at you and run away. But I'm like, I saw that. I know what you. I know what you're like. So yeah, we don't. Um, we don't euthanize um, to to have a dog, uh, you know, be euthanized from us. It it really has to be a a pretty crappy situation that they are on death's door, and we don't want to watch them suffer. And it's it's not an easy decision at all because the viruses there are horrible: distemper and parvo, things like that. Um, you don't really 
you don't really hear about it so much here. Like you, you know, you know, you got to go get Ozzy's shots. Yeah. You know, you know that because, you know, but you don't really know what they're for. You don't really know why she's getting them. You just are like, oh, I have, you know, I have to go get these vaccines. You know, if we don't do it, one hundred percent for sure, the dog will contract one of those viruses and, you know can die in our arms and i it's one of the worst things to watch and uh, you know we rescue many dogs that are like that um that come in with you know without the vaccines and they have the the virus already and you know you can't save them all but what we try to do is you know medically and holistically what what can we do to save them and if we Mm -hmm. can't then and it's so far gone that they are literally drowning you know within their lungs or so or their body is seizuring to the point that there's it's no coming back um and when i say seizure i don't mean just one or two like it's non-stop then you know we have the vet come and it but it's it's not an easy decision we make whatsoever and a little bit of us you know dies with every single one that we can't save Mm -hmm. so but our our main focus with rescuing is being able to rehab them and rehome them Mm -hmm. and if not then they can chill and hang out with us and and until their heart's content so as far as uh the bali area and the other islands go how many animals have you relocated do do you know or do you have a rough idea so majority of our adoptions are in Bali. Um, you know, there's, you know, either they are two expats that live there. Expats I, meaning, you know, foreigners that have moved. Oh, you know, okay. Like, like I'm considered an expat. Okay. Um, but so we, you know, that our goal is to get them um, adopted there. Uh, the Balinese, you know, actually, you know, love their dogs and the Bali heritage dogs. So for anybody who wants to look up what a Bali dog is, if you type in Bali heritage dog, uh, they are actually found possibly to be older than the American wolf. So their DNA and genetic line is long thousands of years. And they have that same, same demeanor, same eyes, same. I mean, they're, they're calculated. I, you, uh, Bali dog will sit and perch up on somebody's wall like a gargoyle, <laughs> but they are calculated. They see everything. They hear everything. They they know what's going on. I trust a Bali dog's judgment on somebody more than I would anything. Uh, if a Bali dog doesn't like somebody, I I trust that dog's like bark. Instinct, yeah. yeah. Um, they they're great guard dogs. They're amazing guard dogs, and they're a part of that Bali history. And, uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that um, that part of the history also includes the lack of vet care and the lack of, you know, I guess, education to, you know, how to care for a dog when it is sick and when, like, maybe, you know, if mange starts and the hair starts to fall out. So there's there's things like that that we've been working, you know, on and, and other groups have been working on and the vet, 
the vet association is has been doing a really good job there of uh, improving their care and improving what they do for vets it's not like what we have here it's not um but it's getting there yeah so i mean that's you know it's getting there uh one of our main vets that we work with, um, somebody nicely gave a um, anesthesia machine for him. So we're able to reduce some of our vet costs because he's able to use that. Uh, but the vet, yeah, the vet association there has done a really good job of improving the education throughout the island and focusing on, um, you know, how people can can care for their animals at home. And, you know, it's not just, oh, my dog doesn't look good anymore, so throw it away. It's, you know, how can I do this and how, can, you know, who can I call for help and who can I, you know, ask to help me, um, whether it be a vet or one of the organizations there. So is that the the natural instinct for the locals to not necessarily try to treat the dog, but throw away the dog because of the fact that it's sick it's i would say it's more just not knowing what to do okay um it's you know because it's it's hard when you have a society and a you know an island a group of people who their income is extremely low they're i think in indonesia the medium like uh, minimum wage, I believe, is no more than $200 a month. So, you know, when you are caring for your entire family and you might be the earner of that $200 a month, I understand that they may not be able to go and get vet care for their dog. Okay. But what can they learn as to, you know, things that they can do? Maybe better food, you know, better... Uh, treatment like catching things early, uh, learning about viruses early. And there's been a huge shift. And Ebony would tell you that too from when she first started there. Now it's you know almost 11 years ago that she's been there. You know, she would tell you that the education on uh, viruses and spotting a virus and knowing what, you know, what the animal goes through with those viruses, you know, she'll tell you that it's, it's changed a lot. And we can see it in community groups and on Facebook and everything that you know, if somebody posts, you know, this is going on with my dog, you'll have maybe not the right answers, but that's okay. Uh, but you'll find a lot of people who do know exactly what the right answer is. And they will say, you know, it is this, you should do this, you know, it is this. Um, if they don't have the financial means to do the treatments and, and, you know, get the treatments from the vet, then people will tag other organizations. So they will tag Act for Bali Dogs. They'll tag myself. They'll tag Ebony. Sometimes we'll get multiple tags in a post and it just drives us insane. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's we're there for them. And because it, it's not necessarily that they don't love their animal. It's not necessarily that they don't love their pet. It's that they just don't have the financial means to do it and yeah. you know, and get that dog treated or get the dog uh, spayed or neutered or the vaccines. But we do, hopefully, if you know fundraising is good, we do have those means. And if it means that we can help them you know, keep that keep their beloved pet there, great then we're more than happy to do it and we don't see why that animal would have to leave that home you know we don't have to rescue it we just need to help treat it 
and you know we ask the vet to go in and give the treatments and and the families are always grateful they're always we've never had a family go how dare you do this for us you know (laughs) they're always grateful and it's and we love to see that that's amazing that you guys have been able to transition uh an area of the world like that to be able to get them to understand it's just a small bit it's just a small bit like i mean there's so many people there there's so many solo rescuers like us there um it's a small bit that's that's such a humble attitude towards (laughs) it though but i mean really when you think about it it's you're re-educating a part of the world that eventually is going to pass that wisdom on to other people. And, you know, with the Facebook groups and people talking to each other, they're educating each other. What you guys are doing is absolutely amazing. And the fact that you have um, gained momentum over the years and it's becoming more and more successful, Mm -hmm. that you're seeing this progress in this area, you know, it, it makes you think that anything is, is possible. And, it really it's, is. and it's truly an amazing story. And it's part of the reason why I wanted to have you on here <laughs> is because, you know, um, you are extremely humble with everything that you do. But at the same time, understand that you've sacrificed your life for animals, that they, there's no way for them to communicate, reciprocate any of the things. They do. I mean, you can tell. Ozzy reciprocates love for you. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, with that death breath that she has, she comes up and licks me at like three in the morning. Like, hey, buddy, what's going on? You gonna pet me? And he hits me with that stank breath, but it, that breath is hot. Oh, you don't know anything like some of our dogs. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's. I mean, this is truly an amazing thing. Um, let me ask you this. So, let's say people that are watching this, people that are listening to this, um, they want to contribute or contribute to your cause or assist in any way how do they do this sure uh so you know let's let's just start with you know some of our big goals like behind that rescue rehab rehome idea is also the sterilization and vaccination programs that we uh want to push and uh being able to go in and and have an entire day blocked out where we go to a village, you know, we ask permission from the village if we can come and do a sterilization day and vaccination day. And it's it's organized. They do the announcements and everything. Mm -hmm. And so our vets go and and the dog catchers go and because you you need it because they're street dogs. And that's a, that's a huge bit when you say whether or not we're making progress. That's something that is progress is when you can walk into a, you know, a village and, you know, have somebody sponsor a day and we can help organize it with the vet. And we walk out of that village that day with the village extremely happy, giving you little gifts, giving you some of the best fresh fruit in the world or some of the... One of them's right over there. Yeah, I mean, having some wooden, you know, you know get it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So having some, you know, that was one of the first things, things that went in the studio, by the way. Yeah. So it's you know some wooden artifacts. I mean, this is all hand carved. This is not some you know factory thing. Like this is hand carved and everything. They're amazing craftsmanship. But being able to you know walk out with some gifts and you know and have everybody extremely happy and knowing that they're not going to have any more unwanted puppies being born in the streets uh, not having anybody dumping their puppies and throwing them away because they just can't care for them anymore mm-hmm. and so that's a big thing and when we walk out of there and you know the vet by himself did 30 to 40 spay and neuter surgery in that day is amazing 
and seeing everybody's happy faces and you know and then be, being able to get calls back in a year saying hi you know we're ready for a new dog do you you know do you have any that we can adopt from you because we we know that your dogs are spayed neutered and vaccinated and you know going to that village again and seeing those dogs that we've adopted or seeing the dogs that we've helped before and seeing how happy and healthy they are and there's no more of the sexually transmitted diseases from you know because dogs do have that and uh it ends up being a cancer to them it and so seeing that that isn't there uh, is amazing and it if makes you feel like okay we did something we did something for this village and we can help them uh you know so what can we do for the next village you know can we can somebody sponsor the next village sterilization day and you know that's that's part of our big goal so just to give an idea of why we do that so far this year just in 2021 <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic we were still able to spay and neuter 367 dogs already this year so yeah uh and to put that into perspective uh last year 2020 you know entire year of a pandemic we were at 533 spay and neuters so we are above and beyond our goal right now as to where we need to be and it's so when people do help sponsor those days that's an amazing amount of dogs that we have been able to help local families uh, with, you know, and so that they don't have this issue anymore of unwanted pregnancies and babies and everything. And mm-hmm. the vaccinations we've given last year, we did 807 vaccinations. And this year we're already at 356. That's amazing. So, it's absolutely yeah. amazing. Um, so going back to what I was saying before, if people... Like number one, follow you on Instagram. Act for yes. Bali Dogs. Act for Bali Dogs. Yes. Um, Facebook. Facebook. The yep. exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what other social media do you guys do that that people that are interested in this that want to see what you guys are doing? What else yeah. can they follow? Yeah. So Facebook and Instagram are our main areas. Okay. Uh, we also have Patreon, mm-hmm. and, and again, that's Patreon Act for Bali Dogs. Uh, that is a massive help because anybody who becomes a monthly sponsor on there helps pay for these days that we send the vet and the dog catchers in there and the vet nurses in there and to these to these villages to help. That it covers a lot of vet costs, and you can become a part of our emergency care team that way. We put some stuff on there that we don't put on social media, obviously, because that's the whole point of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you get to see a little bit more behind the scenes stuff that we do. Um, Outside of that, we don't have Twitter or anything. So (laughs) we're not on there. I, you know, we don't have time for all of it. (laughs) So it is just me and Ebony. And we do have some staff, but it, it is just us. And it's, we don't keep up with social media as much as we want to. <laughs> um, I will ask this. what What is the day-to-day activities for you then? Because the last time you were here, we talked <laughs> about the fact that, you know, you wake up in the middle of the day or the middle mm. of the morning and you have a dog that pukes on you. Oh, yeah, that can happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, all right, my... So Ebony and I, we both have our bedrooms. They're right next to each other. But the... Yeah, just in our house alone. So we have two properties that are right next door to each other. 
the nice thing about the properties there are that they're cheap. And so we have these two houses and we knocked out a, a hole in the back wall and put a gate up so we can go between the both, both of the houses and the dogs can run zoomies all day long and do everything. But uh, we have you know, roughly twenty some dogs like that at any there. given time. Yeah, or just there. Twenty personal. Just twenty, like in in the house, the be- between the two houses. It depends. Okay. But overall, on average, we have about a hundred dogs in our care at any point in time. Be- between the two places. Between that as well as our other um, safe house properties. Okay. Yes. So, but our like, so I wake up probably about three times before I actually want to wake up. I'm sure Ebony feels the same way. And you know, the day starts, it's just, it's just starts and you're pretty much cussing and swearing as soon as you get up because <laughs> you know, you probably walked in a puddle of pee somewhere or the dogs are, you know, letting you know that it's morning and barking and you know, your head's just like, why? But <laughs> uh, then staff starts to show up and everybody's there and you just think, you know, thank whoever that they are there and you don't have to go completely insane. And it starts, you know, it starts with a lot of times rolling over and looking at your phone and going, shit. Yeah, because you may have been already tagged and messaged from people looking for help and, uh, you know, or maybe something went wrong or maybe the vet clinics messaged you that, you know, something wasn't okay with one of the dogs that's there it's just it's it's hard sometimes you know it's just even want to look at your phone but yeah you do uh i'm lucky if i can enjoy a cup of coffee yeah and actually have the whole thing um and yeah you were usually trying to get up and ready and just out the door so i tend to probably stay back most of the time uh ebony will go and do most of the rescues i could not do any of this without her i just want to preface that like right now i can't do a single thing i'm i'm there for the humor i think and that's it (laughs) just moral support without her i would be so lost but i i'm there like and i try to you know deal with the dogs at the house as much as i possibly can uh, with staff, we try to, you know, make sure, you know, to walk them, you know, some of them getting leash trained little by little, other ones that uh, may need more medical attention. Uh, you know, maybe the vet comes in, you know, we have to do a nebulizer for one of them, like maybe they have a lung issue, something like that. So, you know, we set up a nebulizer, we have a little incubator for newborn puppies. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, we do. Um, you know, so things like that. So and there's there's times that, you know, we don't we don't sleep through the night. So getting up in that morning is, is really rough, you know, because if we have newborn puppies, you know, you're up every couple hours feeding them or, you know, if they're really not healthy whatsoever, you know, just checking on them, you know, changing the hot water bottles, changing things like that. So it's a lot. Um, but yeah, you just get the day going. And once you start, once, once you leave the house, it's hard to come back because it's, you're running around to the different vet clinics um and if you happen to rescue a dog on the way there if not great if you do then you know you're on the way to the vet clinic anyways so here you go here's another rescue and you know there's sometimes we walked in with a couple uh, there's 
there's this one dog. I'll tell you a little story. His name's Bentley. He's not one of the pictures I sent you, but okay. his, his name's Bentley. So Bentley, okay, we were we were on the way to the vet clinic with three other dogs in the back, mm-hmm. back of the car. And we don't have some big, massive car. We have some little shitbox car that I, you know, I, I don't even know the name of it. I, I have no idea. I mean, it's, I, I think I could kick a hole through it or something. But <laughs> like, so, you know, we had three dogs in the back um, that were, that had, had to go get blood tests. And we go down this road that we, you know, always go. And there is a skinny, skinny dog. And he had no hair. And, you know, you, you see, when you see that it's an adult, you just instantly go, shit. Because you know it's not going to be an easy catch. Um, cause they're just automatically like, go away from me. I don't like you go away. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have our net in the car either because that was our brilliant planning that we did that day. You know, <laughs> leave, leave the house without the dog catching net. Why not? Um, and so, you know, we're like, well, we got to get them. And then we saw its leg, this poor dog's leg, its back leg was so swollen. It was double, if not triple the size it should have been. And he was limping. And so we're just like, this is not going to be an easy one. We're on a main road, uh, you know, and the roads there are, you you literally have a building and here's the road. So you're right up against, and there's really no, no room to wiggle around to be able to, you know, catch a dog and have a mistake happen. Um, So this poor dog, bless his heart, he he just sat there looking at ebony like what do you want i don't like you back away and she she did it she got him she you know hoisted him up got him he was screaming at us and well it's rescue is not pretty when it comes to that the the screams and the barks and the wails that they give you you're just like Oh my God, I'm sorry, but you can't let go. Yeah. Because if you let go, then, you know, odds are that you could get bit or they run away and then that's it. And once they know you, they're never going to let you come back to them. Like it's, they're not going to be that stupid again. Mm-hmm. And so she got him, she picked him up and because we couldn't put him in the back seat. We didn't have another cage. Our car's not that big. And so where was he? I'm in the front seat and he's sitting in between my legs. <laughs> and all I could do was think to myself, please don't bite me. Because he's right in between my legs. My legs were up on the dash. And I was like, don't. I'm like, whatever you do, do not make sudden movements, Ebony, while you're driving. And because I'm like, if she slams on the brakes, if she makes a you know, sharp turn. Like, and he just was staring up at me the entire time and that's not a comfortable thing to be looking at <laughs> an angry adult bali dog looking up at you like thinking why why am i here and thankfully he didn't do anything you know i'm i was all intact on the way to the vet yeah. and we got him in and the vet uh the vet nurses were awesome and they helped get him out um we still have him today his name's bentley oh and... oh the little furry one or no no no, 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 he's, no he's, he's he's a big he's a big proper body dog and he lives in our house and yeah he's kind of elusive he only comes out like when he wants like when he wants to but he's a total lover and um 
He escaped once with the cone, the shame cone on his head, you know, <laughs> escaped once. So there I was running down the highway in bare feet, running down, trying to get him. Another organization ended up reporting him to us. He was a couple kilometers away. Like, oh, yeah, he ran. So we were like, you're never you're never doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> but now he is fat he has his hair he's got this slight little limp but you know a lot of um shelters you know in a western you know country like this you know you get a dog like him in they would have euthanized him um they would still possibly consider that at his age and the fact that he has a limp and he's you know not yeah, super duper friendly with people, but we we don't. You know, he's he's our patriarch of the house, and mm -hmm. he he's amazing. And it's great to see how he is now. He jumps up on Ebony's bed, rubs himself all over all over her bed, literally rubs himself all over, and then jumps off and leaves. And that's it. You know, so we we have these these dogs that you would have no idea the personality that they have unless if you had this opportunity to spend time with them while they rehab and it's pretty cool it's crazy to, to see the personality on animals that time mm -hmm. um i'll use oz for an example you, you're talking about how she rubs herself or <laughs> yeah and there's times where like i come home and she's in my bed and then she wakes up and she's just doing that face into the bed thing yeah and she just rubs her face into yeah. it and stuff like that it's it's funny um or you can like there's a photo that uh yb's girlfriend dana took a couple of summers ago um we would play out at the iron horse a bunch mm -hmm. went for the outside patio it's a great it's for the dogs it's yeah. a great place well yeah. i brought her with me yeah while i was djing and everyone was just like oh parker's dog blah 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 and i'm like guys oh, easy she's cute Don't but touch. she'll she'll bite your fingers off um but Dana had snapped this photo of her where you can see her like laying out in the sun and you can kind of see this like half smile yeah. on her. And it's amazing the, the personality that she has on her that she's such a goof where, um, you know, even now she's a goof. But at the same time, it, it's I was saying this to Callie the other day. Um, she has accidents from time to time yeah. where like I came home the other night and we had went out before I went to work and I came home and. Usually our routine is I come home, we go out for a little bit, so on and so forth. And she must not have been able to hold it. And I find a little spot, and I was like, oh, dang it. And I go downstairs, and I, I go get the uh, the the spray stuff. And she's there next to it, and you can see that she's, like, bummed out, and she knows that she screwed up. And I'm like, dude, it's okay. It happens. You're an old – you're a golden girl now, you know? It's, it happens. I mean, yeah. people do it. You know, whatever. But it's, if you, it's, it's weird. I can't get mad at a dog for not being able to hold it past – their capacity. I mean, yeah. you know, humans can't hold it past their capacity. So but the point being is, that? is that it's, you know, if, if I could talk to her, I'd be like, yo, it's cool, man. Just a little spray. It's all good. Like you didn't, right. you didn't mean anything by it. You're not trying to claim territory or anything like that. But, right. But you can see that she's just like, oh, she's so disappointed in herself. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's all good, man. Let's go outside and give her a little chewy to try and chew her up a little bit. By the way, she loves those. Yes. So, well, when I got here today, yeah, her little treats that you give her, she like definitely turns into a little puppy when you hand those over to her. Oh, she's she's a little bossy too because oh. there's times where like... I mean, I don't want to say that she got that from somebody, <laughs> but she could have. Because <laughs> there's times where like we'll come back from our walk and... Like I'll get, I'll be like, you know, sit, get her leash off. And then, uh, 
if I'm not moving fast enough towards that bag, she'll bark at me. She's yeah, like, well, she she knows like, what she deserves. She's like, yeah, let's go, bitch. She knows what's hers, <laughs> of course. But no, it, yeah. it's it's crazy to be able to see these personalities and see you know, especially over a period of time where you see these personalities come out. Um, it truly, you know, you truly start to appreciate every animal. Well, we have you're... we do have you know a, like a handful of them that we. You know, they're easy. They're they're easy dogs. You have them, you know, they come in, you rescue them as little tiny puppies or something, and they're just friendly. A lot of Western breeds tend to be friendlier than the Bali dogs, you know, because, mm-hmm. again, those Bali dogs, just their DNA and their genetic makeup is of a wild dog. You know, like I said, you know, think of the American wolf and trying to, you know, cuddle one. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's probably not going to work all yeah. for you, you know? So, I mean, it's just, they're not there a, a lot with that connection. Uh, but, you know, so, I mean, you have those easy ones and they're fun. But then you have these other ones that do take their time to let you really see their their personalities. And it's pretty cool, like, when they do open up and, and share. And, you know, I have... I have one dog, um, Johnny, his name is. Mm-hmm. He's a tiny little chihuahua-looking thing. Uh, oh, I don't know, chihuahua mix, I don't know, small breed. But uh, he... That one? Yeah. Okay, Randon, I'm going to put it up on the screen. Can you pull up the one of Carrie and the dog in her lap? I'll put it up on... That's all of them. Well, that's... There he is. Do you have it up? Oh, there we go. Go ahead. So let's just give. Yee, that's Johnny. Uh, so Johnny, a.k.a. Schitzenbeg. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that I announced this year, his name, a.k.a. Schitzenbeg. Uh, Johnny, that little bag that he's sitting in. He's shitting it before. So, uh, so Johnny came. There was one day somebody... Uh, posted these dogs that were in a small cage and they just look like hell um and johnny was in there with his dad kino and um his dad his daddy's like a little min pin type and uh ebony saw it and she was like oh shit you know we we got to get these like they're you know somebody's gonna give them away and they we knew that they weren't sterilized and they already looked so extremely unhealthy and we we're like we just can't you know the breeding aspect of them and they just looked horrible i mean they were so horrible and uh we were able to get them and johnny little shits and bag um (laughs) (laughs) he was not friendly whatsoever he is like that little yeah that don't let that face fool you he's he was an ankle biter and i honestly was just like oh god you know he's just so mean i don't why do we have this dog and and his dad but his dad loved me his dad kino loved me he Mm -hmm. was a big part of our tongue out tuesday that we started a couple years ago and um he had no teeth but he also had a really bad heart and kino but kino was obsessed with me like kino would stand in front of my door and just you know and be like why aren't you like picking me up and his tongue hung out of his mouth because it was he had no you know teeth so like it would sit there and flap back and forth and no not the not the white one okay okay and so he would he's just a tiny little thing and 
Johnny had no interest in me and I had no interest in him because he was an ankle biter and he, you, you pick him up. He's not far off from, from Ozzy. And like, I was just like, Oh God, you know, like he just doesn't like me, <laughs> which I mean, was heartbreaking. And then Kino died. Um, we came home one night and um, all the dogs were on our porch and they were surrounding him and um it was really i'll cry but it was really hard to see because it was they were um they were so attached to like everybody i don't want to cry because i'm such a big baby um kino was kino was a really like sweet little dog and i'm happy that we gave him a good life you know before he passed away and he he had a really bad heart so we don't really know what happened for sure but um he was when we got home like we think they actually the dogs actually pulled him up maybe onto the porch because there was a bite mark but there was no blood so we think they literally pulled him up after he passed away and they were surrounding him and they it's like they didn't want to let him go um and it was one of the strangest and i don't know if you want to call it spiritual or what but it was one of the most like moments that i actually you know felt like a huge connection with them more than i did before it was just one of those moments that i just felt like i saw this pack mentality that they were mourning this dog and so johnny little shits and bang um i felt really bad for him because he was so attached to his father and he hid in the corner all the time and wouldn't come out and was ankle biting and being an asshole and (laughs) so i finally was like that's it no you're going to love me (laughs) and uh i you know would pick him up and start carrying him around with me and I finally was like, okay, no, you're going to come cuddle me in bed. Like, I know you want to be my friend. I swear you do. <laughs> and now he's absolutely obsessed. So <laughs> he's taken on, he's taken on the role of his father, like, you know, and like just amplified it. Um, so in, in a way to get him socialized, because he wasn't socialized whatsoever, he started taking him out in his little carry bag and i was like you know we'll take him out he needs to start to get to know people because he needs to be adopted Mm -hmm. and you know he's this tiny little western breed and he should be adopted it's not a problem and you know people always message us and say oh i live in they call it like a cost like k-o-s it's like a cost place but it might be like the equivalent to like a studio apartment okay um and you know they're like so i can't have a big dog you know but i would like something small and so i'm like oh you know somebody like johnny would be perfect but johnny was not having it johnny was like nah i'm yours and that's it and so he's really friendly with anybody who comes to the house but he just he he he's decided i'm his person and i guess i'm stuck so New Year's Eve, not this past New Year's Eve, but the New Year's before, we were out. Uh, on New Year's Eve, it was this, like, spectacular moment, which, you know, happened. Uh, we never get a chance to go out at all. And Johnny's shit in his bag. So I was like, what the? Why would you do that? Like, you never poop in your bag. And I thought it was a one-off. Like, I thought, that's it. It's a one-off thing. It's not, you know, it'll never happen. He's never done it 
whatever. But I don't know why he wanted to that night. It wasn't like fireworks were happening or anything. He just literally pooped in his bag. I was like, that's just the <laughs> rudest thing like in the world at dinner, nonetheless. And I was like, oh, what is that smell? It's him. So, <laughs> so then we fast forward to this past New Year's. And there we are again. And, you know, we're making a joke about, you know, Ebony and I, like, we, due to COVID, obviously things, a lot of things were different this, mm-hmm. you know, this year for New Year's. And, and our New Year's is much different than, you know, American New Year's. And so we were, we were joking around and I was like, oh, you know, let's take Johnny. Maybe, you know, hopefully he won't shit in his bag this year. And he did. So, <laughs> so, two, so, <laughs> so he did. I was <laughs> I don't know why. What's I don't know what's wrong with him. So he was announced this year as Johnny, aka Shits and Bag. And again, that's the only time. And it's like he knew. He, I don't know. I think he per- on purpose does it. But the biggest thing with Johnny was that this New Year's he was he was a big emotional support for a dog that we caught on New Year's. So uh, to give to give an idea of that night, New Year's night. A lot of other people, either you're in the comfort of your own home or you're at a nice party and you're doing a nice thing. And we were, we had to literally have our meal boxed up right as it was about ready to be served to us, boxed up, run out the door uh, of the restaurant and over to our care center. And because we had an emergency rescue for a dog that escaped a um dog meat catcher snare um randon uh I'm, I'm just gonna try and bring these up by the way uh for everyone that's at home watching this randon is actually doing this remotely from his Thanks, tv Brandon. from his tv studio so uh randon do you want to pull up the photos of the dog with the injury he's got a little bit of a delay but he'll be able to pull that up start yeah. with the one so uh, that's- in the uh in the snare trap and we'll slowly go through as she tells the story so uh so that she's she's a bally dog um and somebody reported her as a a dog that was um in in their area it's a street feeder who knew that she was missing for a few days and saw her and couldn't catch her because clearly she was scared and in this picture this one yes so in this picture it not not the blue rope that was after um, a farmer helped um, catch her, but if you look under her arm, um, under her leg, you can see there it is. That is what a metal snare trap did to her, um, and she was gone for a few days from the street feeder um, area. And so when we, you can tell by how skinny she is. Um, she lost an extreme amount of weight and the snare traps, uh, tighten as they move. So as she struggled, as she struggled to get away, it tightened more and more on her. And, um, thankfully we finally were able to catch her and it just happened to be New Year's Eve night. So that's our life. And we, like I said, got the call that they finally, the dog catcher was finally able to, to get her and, so we rushed into our care center and our vet, thank thank the Lord, he was able to rush over, Dr. Katut, 
and he we started surgery that night immediately um and we started caring for her and just promising her that she would never ever go through this again so as you can see there in that photo so we have a we have a different one that's up Brandon, do you want to go to the next two photos uh other direction there you go there so what we're seeing with this one um her leg was almost completely severed off and thankfully that's a very meaty part of a dog and it didn't cut into her ligaments and in like and didn't cut her bone at all so we were able to do a very clean uh, surgery on her dr Couture did an amazing job um it also so that's just one side it actually goes all the way across her chest and over to the other so Brandon, can you go two photos over to the operation there you go yeah so that's dr katut you know <laughs> uh poor guy had to come in on new year's um but yeah so she is now with us uh she's one of those dogs who will always be a little bit more afraid mm -hmm. of people i don't blame her after what she went through i i can't get mad at her whatsoever for that what i do know is that she feels safe and she's happy and that is her right now if you switch to that other one Randon, can you go to the last photo uh post-op thank you that's her so she look at those eyes. yeah yeah she's... what a cutie i know that's what i get i just say to her I'm like, I, but i know you want to love me <laughs> <laughs> but it's fine it's fine if she doesn't right now um, she can take her time she needs to learn to trust people again and uh our staff at the care center are amazing um so one of our staff frida she's been able to pet her and um and you know become friends with her and now this this little girl she um will only eat out of frida's hand so oh, she wow. has frida wrapped around her fingers that much <laughs> that frida has to feed her daily from her hand that's yep so she, that's that's what she said. So and that's fine. Right now, Frida can't pick her up or anything mm -hmm. like that. But the fact that we've made that much progress with her is fine with us. Yeah. She's she's in a again a safe place. She gets her own little bed at, at night. Uh, she kind of claims this one little you know bed, plastic you know dog bed that we have, and that's hers. Everybody, you know, all the other dogs there respect that and. We know she's she's okay, and she knows she is too. Like mm -hmm. you know, her demeanor and everything is just with people and new new people walking into the center. Uh, you know, she's not gonna feel comfortable with. And again, that's we don't we don't euthanize because of that. We don't, yeah. you know, say there it's a lost cause. It's she's worth it. Those eyes, you know, those eyes are worth it. Everything about her is worth it. So. She's an adorable pup. Um, yeah, I mean, just absolutely amazing uh, what you've done with these animals i'm trying to get out of uh streaming this to the tv there we go um like i said you know you have all these amazing stories johnny shits and bags johnny shit and bags. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's my baby <laughs> um you know th this dog as well and and then being able to care for them as well and then if you're able to find them homes like this is yeah. this is amazing and 
like I said, when the opportunity came up, I definitely wanted to jump on it to be like, yeah. I want to get you on here. I want to be able to talk about all this stuff. Um, you have a coloring book that you're, I that you're do. bringing out. I do. So we... Can you, can you pull that up? Yeah. So we... Um, so obviously with, with COVID and everything and the pandemic of what was happening, you know, a lot of things halted. And yeah, America definitely saw things halt and things were shut down. But, you know, when you're on an island that, you know, can take you five, six hours to get across, uh, you know, it's that relies solely on tourism. Um, that also means that, you know, little treats and things like that brought for the dogs and people to come visit them stopped. And I mean, you know, things stopped here, but like there things, it was like being cut off from everything. And, uh, so we, it was kind of nice though, cause we were able to slow down a bit. And one of the things that we did was we have this pretty cool rescue dogs book coloring mm -hmm. book that we made uh and every single dog in here is a dog that we've rescued and um we kind of added some cute little things with them but uh, that one <laughs> yeah right yes merlin merlin's our can, big can pug. you show that to this camera right here which one so merlin so even at, so part of what we did was pull together some of our favorites and some of our favorite rescues and mm -hmm. I'll give you one here so if you pull up those pictures so this here this is wig wiggled where is he am I able to show it or no uh, yeah that's coming up Randon I don't know if you're able to, if that was one of the ones that you the weren't able one. to the dog <laughs> with the uh, tongue hanging out yeah so so no not the Dalmatian one, the black and white one. So he, uh, no, that's Stella. Oh, that's Stella. No, the the Dalmatian. Oh, maybe it's one of the pictures you couldn't get. That's Onyx. No, <laughs> that's Onyx. Okay. I uh, I, it might have been one of the ones that. Oh, one of the ones you can't. So yeah. So like we have. So the picture I just showed is a dog named Wiggles. Wiggles is a Dalmatian, and we rescued him as a tiny little puppy. And we had no idea that he was a Dalmatian oh, at yeah. the time. So this file, yeah, this file's a, a part. I know why this couldn't oh, go, the, but here, we can pull yeah. it up on here. So that's Wiggles. He is, he's deaf, and we didn't know that right away. And he was paralyzed. Uh, so we ended up having to amputate his back legs because as he had some huge growth spurts a, a dalmatian it, you know he just wasn't able to deal with the back leg issue and you know the weight issue so he's again you know not somebody not a dog that we will say it's too hard um he is now uh, one of our forever dogs i guess you could say but and he's in our He's in our coloring book and he's wiggles and because uh, he wiggles around. And I like, think you sent me video of him. Yeah, he's, like, he's quite a little shithead, but we love him. <laughs> wasn't he? Was he playing with like I forgot what he was playing with. Was he playing with like a shovel or something? That he oh, he's he's he'll do anything, anything he wants to play with. He'll decide to play with. But we because he is paralyzed, he has no control over going to the bathroom. So he has this like little drag bag that he 
wears and yeah i mean he's just he's just the happiest dopiest dog in the world but so there's dogs like that in this coloring book and you know we're we're in here we kind of chose some good pictures and there is a um a young young guy in bali who is from jakarta and he ended up doing the whole book for us um mm -hmm. like the illustrations and everything so we it's a part of fundraising um so all the proceeds go towards the dogs mm -hmm. and what we are fundraising with the coloring books is a blood machine for our vet our doc dr katut to be able to use at our care center um so that was one of our big projects during this pandemic and the other big project was that we had to kind of rethink how we wanted things to go and um our focus and we had to close on our puppy house not because we didn't have any more puppies but because we needed to eliminate one safe house and you know kind of condense things and we had to let go of another safe house just because of financial mm -hmm. and uh, we actually ended up opening um, and getting a three-story building uh, that we now it's called our care center and it's just you know private for us but it houses our dogs um, Dr. Katut can go in and and do the surgeries that he needs to do um, sterilizations there's some major surgeries that, you know, we will take to the, you know, the outside clinics, but he's able to do things there and monitor them there. And we're able to do quarantine for the dogs, the, you know, any puppies that come in with viruses. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, it is on the beach and it's kind of nice because it, the salt water and everything, you know, you kind of hope that it's a healing aspect of yeah. it, but uh and the views are amazing on top uh but you know it's it's a lot of work and even though things are condensed and we're really really proud of it uh it's still a lot of work and like right now we are in desperate need for the next year's rent and so that is roughly about i think american i think in u.s dollar i think it's roughly around um 3700 mm -hmm. a year keep in mind it's a massive property it's three stories and we have about 40 animals there so it's pretty it's we're pretty proud of it but you know it's something that we do need to keep up with and it, it is work but it's it's worth it being able to have dogs like the one that we showed you and wiggles and uh some you know bentley was there for a while before he moved into our house and um yeah i was looking for bentley bentley's not in the oh picture. okay but if you wanted to show i don't know if randon can show the before and afters of stella oh uh stella randon that's the one with the teeth yeah he's pulling it up okay so like if she can go up on the yeah so, so she's up on the so this is so this is Stella. Stella. Stella was dumped in a cemetery, uh, which is a common dumping ground for dogs. And clearly, you know, she is a Western, what we call, you know, Western breed, special breed dog. And um, she was obviously dumped because of her skin condition. Mm -hmm. And 
Uh, we knew that she was used for breeding because you can tell. Um, and she absolutely one of the sweetest dogs you'd ever, you know, meet. She had a horrible skin condition. And then she came home and that woolly mammoth, my face of hers, <laughs> she had those fucking teeth. it's hilarious so she had these big teeth that grew out somehow and her actual jaw was a little broken um so that front part kind of flaps around a bit like this little Mm -hmm. bit like um and so at first the vets were like no we cannot remove those teeth because they're just like they're almost in a way holding her jaw together they thought and then all of a sudden one day one came falling out and so they did surgery to remove the other one and so that was that's her rehab picture and if you show her her now um and that's her now that is her now look at her yeah that is her now yep that's stella what a beauty i know isn't she a little nugget She's hilarious. So, yeah. And she's one of the friendliest dogs in the world. She's just super happy. So, again, it goes back to that whole idea that a lot of it just is education. Mm-hmm. Because there's no reason why they wouldn't have loved her. They would have adored her. But because of her mange and everything, and it got so out of control yeah. that she ended up being what she was when we rescued her. And But you know again that comes from education and learning and knowing that it can take a simple medicine and because now i mean man she's amazing so (laughs) like but i guess their their loss is my gain and now we have this amazing little stella so um i was just telling randon to to put up the graphics for for instagram and and for facebook for you um you know, once again, um, so if people want to contribute to this, you have. Yes. That's a, yes. Oops. I forgot to put, there we go. I'm still I'm still getting used to this. With, yeah, it's uh, okay. With everything on my iPad yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm totally confused by everything you're doing. But, oh, you know, so. If there was a dog over there, I'd be like, wow, I can, <laughs> I can handle the dog. But this stuff, I don't know anything. So, so um, the coloring book are available yes. through Act for mm-hmm. Bali. Um, Act for Bally Dogs, yeah. So, or just personally, just messaging if there's people that you know want to message you, and you just hand them my Facebook or anything. Um, we're gonna link all that stuff yeah, on we here have, as well. Yeah. So we have uh, the coloring books, and again, being able to have a, a blood machine and a centrifuge at you know at our care center for the vet to use is a massive help when it comes to reducing our vet bills. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah so we have instagram and facebook and patreon the act for bally dogs and in about a week we will be rebranding a bit because somebody took the name act for bally dogs and has it linked to their their website Mm -hmm. uh, which is pretty shitty of them um but uh we will be rebranding so we're really actually excited about it uh we're still keeping act itself mm-hmm. and but it'll just be um act dog rescue and we are now uh in wisconsin we are now filed for um the nonprofit mm-hmm. and under act dog rescue and i will be filing the paperwork for the 501c bit of the tax exemption and that brings me to this amazing part that you are 
on the board for that. So congratulations. Thank you. I'm, I'm very, I'm very honored. Thank you. So yeah, we've been um, kind of moving forward. Like I said, we had no intentions of becoming, you know, a, an official charity. Uh, we just really wanted to just kind of be two chicks and, you know, a house full of dogs and, yeah. you know, we've grown and become bigger and uh, more responsibilities. So that's what we're doing. And so again, with those things coming up with the website coming up and everything and the new charity status here, pretty proud of that. And that'll all be coming out with probably within about a week. So yeah. Um, when that stuff all, all launches, um, I'll yeah. definitely be doing an update on the social media. So that for those of you that are watching, we'll be able to to follow this and, and contribute in any way possible to help save some dogs, help find some dogs, some home, help educate yeah. some some people as well. Um, you know, like I said, uh, I've explained to people you and your story. And this has truly been an amazing experience to be able to finally be able to, well, number one, for a lot of people, be able to put a face behind all the stories that I tell about you. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, when people meet Ozzy, the, the next step is, you know, I tell them her story and then I go, well, she's very special, but wait do you hear about her she mom. Um, and, and to be able to finally be able for everyone to hear all the stories that you've told me throughout the years, um, all the adventures you've had between, you know, dropping into the red zone uh, yeah. next to an active volcano, rescuing animals, you know, finding homes for, for these uh, um, not domesticated, but uh, exotic monkeys and so on and so forth. It, this has truly been an experience. I should also mention that there is some, uh, there's an amazing now group. Uh, there's a couple of groups in Bali that do help the monkeys um, and, they've helped us with a couple of rescues since we left that last organization and they they've done an, an incredible job too. And again, they just, they work with just as little as we do. Mm -hmm. And it's really nice to see that there's so many people from around the world that come together and work for the good of animals. Yeah. And it's, I'm glad I had that opportunity to go there to do this. Cause you know, I, I don't feel like I was able to do that type of work here mm -hmm. and I'm glad that I can share that today. So thank you for anybody who's listened. <laughs> no, um, again, uh, thank you. Uh, oh, speaking of zoomies, oh <laughs> I told you she, Oz, Ozzy just ran Whee! past the door, just ran past the door. Um, once again, folks, uh, follow act for Bali dogs on Instagram and on Facebook, uh, Patreon as well. Yes. Um, this has truly been an experience and an honor of number one, taking care of, of, of Ozzy for you, um, having you on here and being Thank able you. to talk about this. Um, we do, we do have to wrap this up yep. though. Randon gave yeah. me a heads up about 10 minutes ago. Thank I was like, you. we got to wrap it up cause he's got to do the news. A uh, couple of things. Uh, once again, folks, uh, like subscribe, uh, the YouTube channel, you can find, uh, all the information for act for Bali on Instagram and on Facebook. You can easily Google them as well um feel free to contact carrie and ebony uh to to follow up with any questions let's see uh next week's guest uh i'm very happy to announce i have a bellator uh fighter Ooh. uh rafian stats will be joining us All next right. week and then the following week i'm trying to adjust something i have some some guest speakers i've been doing a, a cryptocurrency conference that i'm trying to rearrange some guests to to get them to come on as well nice. so um the next couple of weeks should be interesting and of course chicago nick's gonna be on next month i might have him on after the uh 
UFC pay-per-view so we can talk some MMA, we can talk some jiu-jitsu, we can talk workouts, so on and so forth. Um, once again, everyone, thank you for tuning in. Like, subscribe. Uh, that's it. We will see you next week with Rafian Stotts. Take care. Be well. Mahalo.